Dancing, fighting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way. It's the way that we live. It's the way that we live. And I Hi, I'm Drew. And I'm Annalisa. And I'm Reese. And this is Ellen back. back. Generation, Generation Q, Q edition. Yay, we all did it. We all, we did all said it. the right words, but I don't know that we did them at the right time. <laughs> I don't know that I said the right words. I think you did say the right words. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. we're off to a great start then. <laughs> I think we are. You know, we're all just hanging in there in this big gay world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Sorry, Carol. Let out a scream wherever wherever you're listening. Can you see Carol's tiny little paws? Oh, hi, Carol. Carol wants hi, to be Carol. in the podcast so bad. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> Carol, what do you think about Sherry Jaffe? <laughs> um, this episode is two o five lobsters, comma two. Um, as you'll remember, lobsters was an episode in the original series. Yes, it was the only episode in the original series that dealt with. The class conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this is directed by Sarah Pia Anderson, who you may remember from last week, Lake House, which she also directed. Um, and it's written by Nancy C. Mejia, who wrote on the first season, as well as Vita, um, the objectively best show of all time. So um, exciting stuff there. Is Lobsters the one where Max like argues with them at dinner? Yeah. yeah. Where Max is like, I know something interesting about lobsters. What? You don't have to put a lid on the pot when you cook female lobsters. <laughs> yeah. I was, I think, going into this episode expecting Max? No, I was maybe, ex- <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. Maybe something more. I mean, maybe we can get into it, but I'm just, I'm wondering why this episode was, was called lobsters to i mean i know why it was called lobsters right but, but I'm, i got really nervous there for a second that like you would watch the wrong episode and then we were gonna have to i was gonna have to set up <laughs> no, this no. mic stand all over again <laughs> a pretty clear reason why it's called lobsters but i <laughs> no, 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 no 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 i know that i mean like in keep i mean we've discussed that potentially a lot of the writing staff has not recently seen the original series and would not remember the names of earlier episodes but i was expecting it to be like a callback to that episode of the outward and instead it was just like oh there are lobsters in this episode Episode. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They should have lobsters in every episode, just like little lobsters crawling into sure. the screen, like, I'm a lobster. You know what I mean? Just like for sure. fun. Because I don't they don't have a lot of animals. They could probably use more animals. A few lobsters, maybe like a giraffe or something. Ooh, that'd be fun. These are again free ideas. Free ideas that I just yeah. generate here and I'm giving them out. And as we know wow. from Reese's free ideas, these will be incorporated into next season. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> She's got a good track record. They're joining the circus. Yeah, maybe Micah and Marbell can like adopt, ride some giraffes or yeah. adopt a draft. Yeah, adopt a draft or a dragon. Oh, a dragon. Yeah. People love dragons. There's that song, Puff the Magic Dragon. Great point. I, I think, yeah. and everyone loved Game of Thrones, which famously had dragons in it. Um, mm. Correct. I didn't know until two days ago that a pony is not just a baby horse. What is it? It's like a type of horse. Mm. Wait, then, did, did you guys know that? I think I did know that. I was at a friend's like birthday barbecue outside and I don't know how we got talking about this, but I said some, someone said something about a pony and I was like, yeah, but then, you know, like 
it grows up to be a horse. And they were like, <laughs> right. no, that's not a po- what a pony is. And everyone in the circle except me knew this. And I was like, I don't think Drew and Reese know this. And I felt like I would be among my people here. What do you call a baby Horus? A foal. A F-O-A-L. I thought that was what you called a baby. Oh, no, that's a fawn. <laughs> so ponies are like small horses. The way I understand it is like, how like a collie is a type of dog. A pony is a type of horse. Wow. Oh, so maybe Carol's a pony. The yeah, pony of exactly. the dog world. Yeah. yeah. Um, should we get into this episode? Yeah, sure. Now that everyone knows <laughs> what a pony the, is. The nouns for baby animals. Let's get into the episode. <laughs> well, we start with Finley puking, which I think we all could have predicted. Yeah. And then she drinks a beer. Yeah. Which I think we also could have predicted. Yeah. That's a sad state of affairs. Yeah. It's not my favorite thing to open on. I think Finley's sobriety is like coming and going and I, it makes me nervous for her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. It makes me nervous for her. And Sophie would agree with us also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Sophie's like, I'm sorry for being dishonest. I actually, or like I was dishonest with you. I actually like, went there to see Danny and Finley's like, yeah. I know. And um, Sophie kind of, for some reason, buys it that Finley is okay with it. Yeah. I think she wants to, I think we've learned this about <laughs> Sophie, right. that she, if she wants to believe something, she can believe it. Yeah. Then she also says that Finley is a good friend, which is like mm. complicated to say Yeah, in this moment. I felt like she didn't mean to emphasize like right you're my friend not someone i'm dating like probably right. in like an hour she'll be like oh fuck that probably right. sounded like this but by then it will be too late and finley will already be eight beers deep yeah right did either and of you see that yeah. that tiktok where it's a girl going back and forth pretending that she's asking someone out on a date but it's really oblique and it's like well maybe if you if if and it finally gets to them being like yes we are flirting and then at the end the girl goes <laughs> Okay, bye, bestie. <laughs> yes, I did see that. <laughs> I did it. I'm stuck on school lunch TikTok. Um, school lunch TikTok? Or not school lunch. Mothers packing lunches for their children. Oh, those oh. are kind of satisfying though. Yeah, it is. They have these little compartments and it's like, I'm just like, wow. Like I haven't put this much care into making a meal for myself. Maybe ever. I get a lot of Disney adult content, which is oh, not I do. I get that really too. what I want, but I kind of watch them. So I guess... They got me. Yeah. They're like myths about being a Disney adult. (laughs) And I'm like, tell me Um, more. And you're like, yeah, I will listen to what the myths are. I don't know. Go ahead. Sure. Um, Okay. Speaking of Disney adults, Uh um, Bet has Gigi. (laughs) Can you imagine if that was revealed? I've forgiven Bet for a lot. Oh my God. What if Gigi was a Disney adult? (laughs) Who do we think in the L word cast is a Disney adult? Ooh, good question. Wait, like the character or the the cast member? Character. Micah. Um, Maybe. I think Micah could be a secret Disney adult. Oh, Nat could. Yeah. I could see Alice really turning up for gay days at Disney. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Don't I you think? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. A perfect time to wear an insanely colored jumpsuit. Okay. We're <laughs> off topic. Sorry. Um, yeah. Gigi is still in her bed and Bet is there and is just like out of bed working. And I feel like if I was at Gigi's place, I, I, well, I might be working, but I would work in bed next to beautiful Gigi. Bet is like so over this though. So over it. Yeah. Gigi is like, do you want to talk about our fight? And Bet's like, not unless you need to. 
<laughs> then she's like, by the way, I'm hanging out with someone later. And this part I was very grateful for because in the in the preview, in the trailer, they have it cut weird. So she's like, I want to let you know that later today I'm hanging out. Like I'm seeing Danny. But like the way it's cut in the trailer, I was like, this is not a full sentence. Like they obviously right. spliced <laughs> it together. And I confirmed in this scene that indeed it was not a full sentence. She said, I'm seeing someone later. And then Bat was like, that was best. And she's like, no, I'm just seeing Danny, which I'm like, oh, just okay. Right. Um, then she, but then she whispers, she like, Gigi whispers in Beth's ear. Because you can tell me how you really feel. I just did. Ooh, this reminded me of the worst part of me in, in past relationships. Mm. I could see my, I saw myself in this picture and I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I also have a hard time showing my feelings but if Gigi whispered that in my ear I'd like become a cancer you know like I think it'd be pretty immediate I'm fine with sharing my feelings I just I I've had past relationships where I was criticized for my intense focus on the laptop and disinterested anyone attempting to distract me from the work I was engaged in but I have grown past that now I think being focused on your work is one thing it's it's the using it as an excuse to not like actually talk about like the fight you had right that's bothering. I also think Bet doesn't ever want anyone to be like, hey, this happened. Should we talk about this? She wants mm-hmm. to only talk about things when she wants to talk about it. And I also think mm-hmm. that she's in the stage of a relationship. This is something I reckon. This was my, I'm in this photo <laughs> and I don't like it. <laughs> like where she has already decided that she doesn't want to be doing this anymore. So literally mm-hmm. anything Gigi does, like Mm-hmm. Drew, I agree that I would be like, ooh, fun. But that's because I'm not at the point that Bet is in a relationship <laughs> right, with Gigi. Right. And she has just anything Gigi said, she would have been like, no, get out of my face. Like, don't even yeah, come near me. Right. This is not what I want to be doing. Totally. Um, yeah. And more importantly, she has two shiny new toys, which are number one, Tina's back in town. And number two, Pippa Pascal is like yes, being yeah. mean to her at dinner. Like both of those are <laughs> way more exciting yeah, to her than Gigi. Yeah. Even though yeah. Gigi's wearing like a red silk robe. And they're in this you know? beautiful loft. Like, just get back yeah. to bed. Whatever. Speaking of people who aren't dating the right person, we go over to Tess and Shane. And we learn that Tess started dating this person or <laughs> Tess met the person who she's dating last week. Yeah. At what? a party, she met. What? She can't. That's what? You're not seeing someone. <laughs> like, what? Like, I just like. And also, yeah kiss Shane like why are you being like oh I can't kiss you I'm I'm in a relationship like no you're not you met an <laughs> older woman at a party last weekend like who among us hasn't like right. take it easy yeah and then she's like bringing the person to meet Shane we can stop saying this person it's yeah. Sherry Jaffe guess who's back so Sherry this is Shane Shane this is Sherry Sherry we've actually met before of course you have Finley it's Sherry fucking Jaffe Every, you've all watched the episode you know it's yeah. Sherry Jaffe I, first of all wow yeah second of all oh my god third <laughs> yeah. of all fuck yeah pretty much pretty much is there anyone actually i was supposed to feel like is there anyone that would be more of a stab in shane's heart than sherry jaffe then i realized yes there is and that would be carmen probably followed by molly and then sherry jaffe yeah i was i screamed <laughs> and i'm currently like staying with a friend and their roommates were here and my friend was not here and i screamed and i heard them laugh so right. they la- i was laughed at yeah. because of this <laughs> 
And Tess introduces them and um, Sherry's like, oh, we've met. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Tess is like, oh, of course you have. Because the last thing she wants is to be directly connected on the chart through her new Hollywood Hills girlfriend. So goofy. So goofy. Her date of one week. Uh, yeah, her uh. girlfriend. <laughs> her one week relationship might be spoiled by whatever history Sherry might have with Shane. Yeah. My favorite part of this was when Finley introduced herself. Yes. Just <laughs> yeah. great, great clueless Finley moment. Finley just being in the background of all of these conversations furthers my theory of this being the most insane workplace. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Never any schedule and you will always be hearing gossip about Shane and Tess just anytime you're on shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whew. Her reintroduction means a lot to me personally since it was Shane and Sherry Jaffe's relationship that made me the queer person that I am today. It's really beautiful. That is Thank beautiful. You. Thank you so much. Speaking of older blonde women that could ruin my life, (laughs) um, Alice is uh, talking to Tom. He's congratulating her um, and gives her a pen because her book is adored by the publisher. She wrote a book in like two days. Yeah. He buys her a fancy pen. She writes him a sweet note and they're going to hang out. It's really nice. I like these two together. Yeah. They want to keep hanging out even though their editorial relationship is over. Mm -hmm. I wonder why. (laughs) maybe they want a bone I think that might be it speaking of men it's time to go to jail Mm -hmm. one of the L word's favorite places no no one's jumping in to talk about this scene because no one cares (laughs) Um, yeah Danny's like am I here as your daughter as your spin doctor Um, and then Danny's the CEO now because some of the paperwork she signed. I don't know. If my dad was that guy, I would read the things before I signed them. I feel like it's a personality trait of Danny's to read. Yeah, I don't buy this. She's like, oh my God, you tricked me. You put a seat, a paper that said I would be CEO in front of me to sign. It's like, yeah, weren't you reading all those documents? Like what was happening when he was handing them to you? Here's the thing. I'm going to give a, like a little tip to the listener out there read things before you sign them. Like, okay, do you have to read like all the like Apple terms and services before you click on it? Like, no, no, I think that's fine. But if you're going to sign a, like a document, you should read it unless you have like a lawyer who you deeply trust to the point, but you still should probably read it, honestly. And Danny's lawyer would have worked for her dad. Anyway, the whole point is she has to be CEO of evil corporation, (laughs) Los Angeles, evil incorporated. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or she gets cut off. She doesn't have any money and they just bought her this apartment. It's like a whole thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes you just end up being CEO and you're like, whoops, I'm the CEO of a major corporation. Relatable. This is so relatable to me <laughs> personally, where I'm like, I wasn't prepared for this. Um, They're in jail currently. Correct. And she's like, yeah, okay, I will be CEO, but you must tell me every bad crime you've done right here, <laughs> right now. It's like, yeah. yeah, he can't talk about that here. Like, at least have him write it down. This is such a (laughs) horrible move. Whatever. It's fine. Okay. Um, And also, Gigi drove her here. Yeah. She's thrilled about it, though. She's like, she's like, you're CEO. Hot. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you're going to have a difficult conversation with your father in jail, you want Gigi to pick you up. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, for sure. Gigi didn't park while she was at the jail. She's just sitting idly in the front. There's no way that they allow that. They hardly yeah. allow that at LAX. <laughs> they definitely don't allow that at LAX. You have to be constantly on the go. Gigi's just been driving loops for the 35 <laughs> minutes that Danny's yeah. been like berating her dad. Speaking of functioning family dynamics, <laughs> it's 
family therapy time. Oh boy. Rosie's back. Yeah. So Carrie and Tina are there with Angie. They're all waiting on bet. Of course, no surprise there. (laughs) Bet's always late to therapy. Yeah. Sort of her thing. Bet thinks so little of therapy. It's stunning (laughs) that anyone asks her to go to it. (laughs) <laughs> Can you imagine being Beth's therapist though? You'd like be after she was done with her story, you'd be like, wow. <laughs> and and this is your first solo therapy session? How old are you? This is just where we are. <laughs> yeah. is, we just got okay. All right. You keep saying that you the only time you cheated was on Tina <laughs> once 17 years ago. But in your story about getting back together with Tina, I feel like you cheated on a few people. We also do have video from an art installation called Core, <laughs> which we believe did get at the, you know. Anyway, Carrie is not excited about seeing Bet because she doesn't like Bet at all. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like that is fair. She also thinks Bet is still in love with Tina, which is also fair. Also fair. <laughs> yeah, Tina's like, no, she isn't. Yeah. Angie also is FaceTiming Jordy from therapy, right? Yeah. Or like from yeah. waiting. And it's very cute. It's really cute. And Jordy is afraid of Bet, also, mm-hmm. as she should be. Yeah, she calls her Miss Porter. And then when Bet walks in, Jordy says, Love the blazer, Miss Porter. <laughs> which I would like on a t-shirt. I would love that on a t-shirt. Speaking of blazers, have you noticed that Sophie, this is not speaking of blazers, but we are, we go to a scene with Alice and Sophie. Have you noticed that Sophie is just wearing different types of like dark purple plaid flannel shirts like this is like her mm. third i was trying to make a graphic for for the podcast today and i was like wait like it looks like it looks too much like last week's graphic because sophie's wearing not the same shirt but a very similar shirt and now today she's wearing yet another similar shirt look sometimes your soon to be marriage falls apart and you just sort of get lazy with fashion i think that i was just sense. about to say you know when you break up and you cling to like one strong aesthetic uh-huh. just so you don't have to like think about who you are as a person <laughs> yeah you cartoon character is that yeah, relatable to anyone um yeah. reese i really thought you were gonna go from speaking of blazers to like trailblazers which is what oh. sophie wants to do her segment on oh wow thank you guys um <laughs> she's pitching this like everyday queer heroes but documentary style I don't know if it will fit into the style of the Alice show, but I'm excited to see it nonetheless. Yeah, Yeah. this will not be a hit. I can say from the experience of running a website where we all also are charmed and excited and delighted by highlighting real queer heroes and our elders and stuff. It's not a big, (laughs) not a big moneymaker, not a big traffic driver. I will say. Um, in a just world, it would be, but in a just world, it would be as a segment producer for the Allo show. Like I feel perhaps a different pitch. Okay. Yeah. What I did enjoy was, was the slideshow. Um, I think yeah. she got the best of stock photos possible. And, it, it, and those <laughs> women did look like they could be lesbians, I think. And like they did important jobs. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely have someone from the military in the slideshow. <laughs> as the L word continues to be really pro military. Um, yeah. Um, the thing is that LGBTQ equality is doing bad things too, you know? This is a great point. <laughs> yeah. That's the L word's whole thing is like cheating, imperialism, whatever. Yeah, like yeah, we should yeah. be able to do it all. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, exactly. It's a really beautiful, really beautiful idea. Um, the one also important thing here is that Alice says that Nat keeps texting her to get back together. And I 
don't love that for Matt. I mean, I, I, I would love, we don't know because we don't get to spend any time with Matt now that she's not in Alice's life. She's just banned to Polly Island where. <laughs> yeah. Literally the Polly parking lot of no return. She just disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> like just cast her out with all the other sluts, you know? Yeah. Okay. So back in family therapy, this is a whole thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. First of all, Kayla told Angie about her donor being sick like yesterday. The wheels are turning extremely fast. Fine. Yeah. Okay. Well, it wasn't yesterday because in that time, somehow Sophie hasn't seen Finley for a few days and Alice wrote an entire book. Right. But then I think <laughs> right, in right. therapy, they say yesterday. <laughs> oh, really? So you do have to... Yes. You do just have to let go of the bounds of time and space in this world. Of course, and of course. It's somewhere between a day and six weeks. <laughs> yeah, I would say I would agree with that. But actually, I do feel like what they have been sticking to really well this season is that they seem to make every episode takes place in a day. But the mm. distance of time for each individual storyline from the last time we saw a day is wildly different. Like everyone uh -huh. is on a completely different time space continuum. We're kind of in a Westworld wow. situation where all the characters are in different timelines and at sometimes uh -huh. they sometimes they link up, but not always. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So Angie is like clearly wants to find out if she's a match because Marcus has kidney failure. Mm -hmm. And something I thought was absurd and also hilarious. His bet is like, <laughs> sure. How do you want to help? And she's clearly <laughs> thinking Angie's going to run like a bake sale at school yeah. or something or like bring send flowers send an edible arrangement get a cookies by design yeah she's like we could get one of the poker games to like donate the pot to his medical treatment <laughs> and she's like yeah no <laughs> and then tina's like i think she wants to give a kidney you know and that's like a yeah. kidney bean soup no that's like absolutely not there will be no kidneys yeah. immediately freaks out when angie's talking micah's like you're doing a great job. Yeah. And I would like to say that every time I have a difficult conversation with my family, if Leo could just be like, <laughs> doing a great job, I think that'd be really nice. Right. So. Yeah. Micah's very good at staying level despite the absolute insanity of Chaos. this family. Yeah. Chaos. I was like, hey, Micah, bet you wish you were working with trans kids now, huh? <laughs> yeah. After this, he's like, no more cis women, please. Yeah. So Carrie starts to talk and she's like, you know, I was adopted and Bet loses her mind over that. And she's like, and she's not adopted. She's our daughter, even as though people who are adopted, whatever, aren't their daughters. <laughs> Technically also, and she was adopted by Bet, but... Yeah. Um, obviously that wasn't what Carrie meant, which is what we discovered because Angie quickly removes herself from the situation. Yeah, good for Angie. And Tina follows her. And then the world's most chaotic combo of Bet, Carrie, and Micah are left in the therapy <laughs> room. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bet switches couches. She has to like get up and pace around. She's like uh -huh. doing a lot of a lot of blocking. Micah uh -huh. asks so innocently with the knowledge of someone who hasn't watched six seasons of the L word, <laughs> what Bet's relationship is to her family. And I uh -huh. cackled like I've never <laughs> experienced a reaction like that. I thought it was absurd. <laughs> yeah. She's cause she's so defensive. Carrie's like, what I meant to say was like, I was happy to beat my biological mother or whatever. And I would help her. And then Bet's like, well, not every family is the same or something. 
And then Micah wants the info. And I have to say that until this scene, I didn't realize that Bat's mom had left. I had thought she was dead. Well, you know, it's nice that she's not dead, I guess. <laughs> different, a little bit of a different type of trauma thrown in, you know? Is that like a reveal, do you think? I went back and watched this morning. <laughs> the scenes in which Bette discussed her mother with her father when he was dying. And I realized that they're actually, they did not say that she died. They said Mm -hmm. that she left because he cheated on Kit's mom with Bette's mom. Uh And then she did on Bette's mom with someone else. So Bette's mom left and Uh was never seen or heard from again, apparently, Uh which is pretty brutal. It's incredibly brutal. I guess I should be considering that more when I talk about Bette. And what she does as a human. Yeah, but Bet's like in her fifties. Like at this point, like, I'm sorry, but like, like yeah, I'm all for like being kind to people because of the things they've been through. But at a certain point, like, I mean, look, when when Bet said, I don't remember what this was in response to, but I wrote down this one quote. She says, "Same way you know you don't like fucking scallops, Gary. I tried it once and it wasn't for me." Like no one can deliver a line like that. Like it's still, but. This scene was, I was like, oh, wow, I'm really turning on Bet. Like, Bet's been, this season has been just, like, really brutal. She's falling apart. It reminds me of season, there's a season of the original series where Bet's just, like, kind of a nightmare. Is it the one where she's dating Jody? Probably, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, it's, like, season five. Like, season five, Bet. Yeah. Yeah, season five, Bet is no good. Um, what's funny, so my girlfriend is watching this season of Generation Q, has no desire to watch season one of Generation Q or one episode <laughs> of the original series. So therefore, wow. all of her perspectives are based solely on this season of television. Whoa. And she's like, Bet is awful and mean. I don't understand like what the thing is with her. Like, why are people obsessed with her? Like, what's her deal? And I'm like, I guess you're right. Like, has Bet done anything this season that was not kind of at best inappropriate? No, I don't think so. She's sort of she's sort of having a rough year. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's pretty rough. But Tina's very nice with Angie. And um, the only thing is, is that I looked it up and you can't donate a kidney until you're 18 anyway, unless you go to Canada. So like, is it, what's Angie's plan here? Like to go to Canada? Like is Marcus Allenwood like the actor still in Vancouver and she's going <laughs> to go to Vancouver because the character's there too. Like what's the, what's the idea here? He's not an actor. No, I know. But the original Elward was shot in Vancouver. Yeah. But the actor who played him wasn't an actor. Oh, he's a house painter. Well, oh, well, I mean, he was an actor cause he acted. <laughs> yeah. This was his one acting role because they couldn't find the right guy. And then the AD was like, this guy's painting my house and what? he seems like they're a, <laughs> he seems That's wild and he seems you- like he would be good and so they literally got their 80s house painter to play this one role in the l word and that so is he coming back to the new series <laughs> i don't know like would they, how would because his name his name is mark gibson which how the fuck are you gonna find someone named mark gibson oh, there's a million no. probably i'm sure you know so i don't know like i'm like are they gonna find this guy is he gonna be like really guys again you know, I'm really, I'm really just busy painting houses. Get off my back. Wow, that's so interesting. But maybe he's retired from painting houses now. That's like a, oh, an yeah. arduous job. Maybe he wants that is to an arduous job. make a one-day guest star paycheck and <laughs> be back. Yeah, that's true. That would be nice. Maybe they're going to cast someone else as him. Mm. Imagine. Um, the only other thing is that besides, Drew, your thing about like Angie's definitely not old enough to 
donate a kidney that wasn't brought up in therapy was I wish that someone not even necessarily Micah but someone had said like maybe it would be healing for Angie to just try and I don't feel like anyone says that at all like it may not work out but it might be helpful for Angie to follow this down the line they just keep kind of being like but she wants to and it's like that's not really I don't know anyway I just I don't know why it bothered me but I just thought there's a logical thing to say here which is yes but Angie has just found out something massive about where she comes from and then found out that yeah. she could lose him and she might want to try to help and it might just feel good and not actually right. be a big deal. Yeah. I mean, I think they're just like wanting, I mean, Beth's just wanting to like shut it down because she's just like being anxious and controlling. Shocking. Um, <laughs> okay. So back at Dana's, AKA Shane's, AKA Tess's, <laughs> um, Finley is just doing everything she can to make sure Shane gets to spend time with Sherry. Jeffy. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, really, it's okay. But also, why is Tess encouraging her to sit there, eat like it? I'm just the whole thing. I think Tess wants to know. Like Tess is like, oh. what the like, what is what is the deal with you guys? Like, what is this? You know, what's yeah. the story she's here? Like, I've been dating this person for a whole week, and mm-hmm. I'm in love, and this is devastating to me. I'll tell you what, though, Shane is Sherry's root, so like, it's kind of, I mean this story was probably if they were really dating which i don't really think they are then this story was going to come up within a week or two you know what i mean like but she's like how do you know each other and sherry's like she did my hair and i was like oh god really but luckily thank god shane was like come on we had an affair an intense destructive affair she was married it did not end well did it she was a notorious irresistible homewrecker one thing that did bother me a little bit about this is that they were kind of acting as though they had not seen each other since their affair ended badly, which is very much not true. Obviously, we all remember the pool sex scene from season uh-huh. three. And then also uh-huh. she went to her to her like beach mansion where there was that wild party with like crazy extras playing terrible music and cocaine and she couldn't find her keys and then she crashed the car, you know? Although I guess probably yeah. Sherry doesn't remember a goddamn minute of that. Yeah, there were a lot of drugs. But the pool sex, I believe we all remember, and they should also probably remember it. It should have added that to the story they told Tess, because, like, what are you talking about here? You know? Yeah, that was very... The whole dynamic was very weird. Yeah, because then she's like, now I'm divorced and out, which she already said. She told Shane that in season three when she came to this salon. Yeah. Oh, right. She's not Sherry Jaffe anymore. She's Sherry Peroni. But now she says she's aggressively, gloriously out of the closet, which I was like, okay, (laughs) great. I was mostly thinking about how she was like one of the first people to speak out against Harvey Weinstein and then feels like he tanked her career. Mm. Mm. Well, I'm glad she's back on the show. I mean, I'm always happy to see Rosanna Arquette. And it's a joy to see Sherry. It is. All these scenes are really fun and dramatic. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, And there's more to come because Shane invites Sherry to the poker game. Mm-hmm. And then Tess goes into the back room and is like freaking out and then starts talking to Finley and Finley's freaking out about Sophie. So Tess pivots to talk about those problems and she tells Finley to find someone that knows her worth and to sort of move on. And look, as a Sinley shipper, <laughs> I don't agree with this, but if Finley was my friend, I probably would also give that same advice. I do generally think that when things start messy, they stay messy. Not always, but I thought it was bad advice. 
I thought it was bad advice, but here's why. It's because <laughs> Tess is thinking about Shane when she's giving Finley this advice. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. That's fair. This has right. nothing to do with Finley's situation absolutely at all. And that's not even a knock against Tess. Finley should have minded her own business because if you walked into the back room and one of your coworkers was like screaming fuck into an empty room, why yeah. on earth would you go... Okay, so my thing, actually. <laughs> right, right, right. Because right. totally. Tess wasn't even listening because Finley was like, she referred to me as her friend this morning, blah, blah, blah. And then Tess was like, well, she said she just wants to be friends and so listen to her. And that's not what Finley said. Finley didn't say that Sophie right. said she wanted to be friends. Right. But whatever. Yeah. No, that's true. Back to therapy. Back to therapy. Everyone's favorite place. This would be a great time to give Jordan Hall an Emmy, I think would be. She's great. I agree. She was acting her butt off. Yeah, she's so good. She wants a connection to people who look more like her. Angie talks about not looking the same as her mom. And I got really choked up when she says that she did look the same as Kit. Yeah. And like, or like looked more similar to Kit and doesn't have Kit anymore. And I feel like they're making great progress in this therapy yeah. session. They're really getting yeah. to the root of why Angie, like, again, why this might be soothing and healing for Angie or like something she wants to do. Yeah, I felt like it was also great progress for the show to acknowledge a lot of these things, you know, and also Beth's response was so bad. You know, she's like, just because other people don't, you know, people might mistake me for white doesn't mean I don't know who I am inside. And, and she's like, right. But like, but the fact that other people mistake you for white and no one, you know, I, people when they look at me or they look at Kayla or they look at Kit or they look at Marcus, they're not going to mistake us for white. You know, it's a very different way of moving through the world. And I thought it was really great that they actually like address that and drew attention to it because I don't, I feel like they kind of have shied away from that in the past since like season one, when there was that girl in the support group that kind of challenged Bet about that as well. Yeah. And the way that was framed was like, yeah, Bet was right. Like that was <laughs> like how that was framed. Yeah. So, that, and she was wrong. Yeah. Right. <laughs> totally. Um, I still just cut every time they bring up Kit though. I just, I'm still so not over it. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it was also great to hear that Angie has found that connection with Kayla and that it's like been mm -hmm. really good for her. So regardless of what mm -hmm. happens, seems like at least they should be able to stay friends, you know? Yeah. The other big update is that while I was crying, so were Bet and Tina and Carrie. And <laughs> Bet holds Tina's hand and Carrie sees and makes a face. And then yeah. in the parking lot afterwards, Carrie and Tina get into a fight about it. Yeah. Um... And I think Carrie's right. I don't know. Yeah. She's like, I can be number two to Angie, but I'm not going to be number three to Angie and Bet. Am I always going to be third? I have to put Angie first. Oh, I know that. You know I know that. I love Angie and I'm fine with second. But third? Is this the way it's always going to be? Because Tina, I don't know if you realize it, but you're always my number one. She just doesn't like Bet, you know? And I can relate to that because yeah. my girlfriend doesn't like Bet either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do think that like this wasn't really the time that Carrie needed to be like going in on that. You know, like I, I do think that like I agree with Carrie in the sense that like what she her ultimate point is. But the fact that like Tina gets mad at her for like being insulting towards Bet in this moment, it's just like the thing is, is that part of making Angie number one is reducing tension with Bet. Right. And so I do think that like given the seriousness of the conversation that was just happening, like is now the time to be being like, Oh, your ex-wife's a real piece of work. Like, is that really the time? Could you just have like taken a deep breath and like called your, like, like I just, sometimes I'm like, people need to, 
I feel this way in life too, where I'm like, sometimes you just need to like call other people. Like, so can Carrie call like her, but who's Carrie's best friend? Can Carrie call her best friend and be like, oh, Madonna, Tina, <laughs> Tina's, Tina's ex-wife is such a, such a nightmare. Like, you know, like that's, it's like, you don't say it to the person. I don't know. It's like, if later it needs to be a longer discussion with your, you know, soon to be wife about her ex and about the dynamic, like have that discussion when tensions aren't as high. But like, I don't think that this was like really setting them up for success to like be having this conversation right now. I don't either, but I don't think it's fair that Carrie has to just mediate tension and Bet gets to say whatever she wants. Like, she was mean. Yeah, Bet was an asshole. No, I know. We're so used to seeing Bet be mean, but like, if we think about if this is real life, which of course we can't really think about, <laughs> she, you know, when she was like, your opinion doesn't matter. Like, she was so fucking mean. No, she was awful, but, but she's, but Carrie's not like, I just think that like, it's not a matter of whether Carrie's right or Beth's right. It's about sometimes like even when you're right, it's not the time to like create a thing. And so it's like, why do you need to take a lift? Like just get in the car. And like, I just, I just, people throw little, little tantrums and I'm just like, even when you're right, don't throw a tantrum. You're an adult person, like take a deep breath and, you know, deal with the problem later. I don't know. That's my stance. <laughs> I'm pro tantrum. I'm pro. I'm also pro tantrum because I think sometimes things are really upsetting and it's hard to just wait for a better time. And also, I do think Tina should have defended Carrie to bed and should have stood up for her and not just let Bet walk all over her. And I know that I don't like Tina. Yeah. But. Again, I don't think that's. I also think that's true. I just. I don't know. I don't really. I don't disagree. I just like. I do think it's true that like she's marrying into this family and like part of that is having to figure out the dynamics and like, especially when they're not around bet all the time. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. The bet apologist has logged on. <laughs> I'm not, no, no, but I'm not apologizing for bet. I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm, it's more about, it's more about the fact that I don't think Angie should have to be the only one in this family unit. Who's like dealing with everyone's emotions and managing everyone's emotions. And so a way that Carrie could help is by not creating conflict and understanding that the reason why, Tina's trying to be a good mom to Angie and that's taking away from her energy and focus on like defending Carrie to bet. Like she's defending Angie from bet. Like that's where her focus is and that's where it should be. And like, I think Beth's obviously in the wrong in all of this and is like being horrible, but it does sometimes, sometimes your fiance's ex-wife is horrible and you know, you need to pick your battles and pick when you confront that and talk about that. Justice for Carrie. Same. <laughs> We're going to work justice for some character into every single one. Drew, I think yeah, that's logical. I just think like... I'll be victims of that. <laughs> they're literally... Every single one has been a bet victim. <laughs> justice for, We've done justice for Gigi, Jody, and Carrie. Also, something we haven't talked about enough, I think, are all of the names on this season that end in I. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That is a little bit inappropriate. There's a lot of them, I feel like. Yeah. Gigi, Finley, Sophie, Danny. Yeah. Sometimes that happens though. I don't know. All three people I hooked up with in Cincinnati, the name started with BR. So like, you know, sometimes name shit is weird. So you never know. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So um, Sophie's interviewing some lesbians, some real lesbians. Actually, are they real? Do we know this? Are these two, are they actors? In the sense that, like, obviously they're real in the world of the show, but yeah. are they, did they find two older lesbians to, like, tell their true story? Tell their real story? I feel like they probably did. 
I'd be surprised. Nice. Like I could have looked this up and didn't, but I do feel like they probably are real. Yeah. It's very corny, but I will allow it. It's a little like when Harry met Sally interview. Yeah. Which yeah. is sweet. Hilariously, these two women are talking about like, you know, falling in love during a time when you couldn't be out. And also like when like their race played a really big role and like the jobs that they could get and how they lost jobs because they were together and people were talking about it. And Alice and Sophie are just sitting there thinking about Nat and Finley. <laughs> like <laughs> they're sitting about their white, their white friends. They're like girlfriends. Yeah. They're like, Oh my God, this is just like me and my girlfriend who broke up because she wanted to be polyamorous in Los Angeles in 2021. Like, no. And Sophie's sitting there like, Oh my God, love prevails. Like maybe Finley and I should try. Like, yeah, it's, unhinged i mean good for them but i just was watching their face being like you guys be more respectful please i know so funny speaking of two people falling in love under challenging circumstances (laughs) we go to danny's new penthouse apartment where she and Gigi are chatting it up like two people who should have sex and get married they should smash faces soon yeah also not to be extremely thirsty but danny has really good hands she's like sitting and like her hands are on her legs and i was just like good for you looks great it's just like a really good like white wine and trauma sesh you know yeah Yeah. they're just talking they seem to understand each other Gigi's like god aren't you exhausted like doing pr spin all the time and danny's like yeah "Yeah, except when i don't i'm evil and i hurt people (laughs) it's like (laughs) they're really getting into who they are as people yeah um and they seem to really understand each other like implicitly. Yeah. Um, they talk about like Danny says that she always knew Sophie wasn't right for her on some level. And Gigi's like, I used to love like that. But like now I'm more interested in like learning from who she's with. And it's not really clear. I feel like the what I'm getting is that like Gigi is saying basically that like she looks for people that are good on paper more than like people who like make her feel a spark. I feel like she's kind of saying like, yes, sort of, but I don't think that's how she would say it. I think she's what she means is like, I've had that intense head over heels, like give my whole self to it, even when I knew parts of it weren't right thing. Mm -hmm. And now it's more important to me to have something that like I understand and they understand me and we grow and work together than it is to be like, oh my God, I have to be yeah, like yeah. devolving into this relationship is kind of what it sounded like. Yeah, but then Gigi says that she gets bored and moves on. And so it does not really... So I think that right. the vibe that... I, the, what's important is the vibe is like, yeah, but the thing I'm doing isn't that great. And maybe you are what I should be doing. <laughs> and by what I should be doing, I mean who I should be doing. Yeah. Hot. And then Danny's like, you're so easy to talk to. Yeah. And on and also like is like wearing this like sort of just like wearing a flannel. It's very adorable. I'm really just like watching these two and just like kiss, 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 kiss. Yeah. Speaking of two people who don't know where they stand with each other and are talking about other things, but are they really talking about themselves? We go to Dana's Memorial Tavern where Shane and Tess are having an awkward conversation because Tess gave Finley advice and now Finley met someone who she apparently immediately knew deserved her and would like to skip her shift. Check him out. I'm moving on. Good. I'm happy for you. Right? Um, so you mind if I skip out on my shift? I just want to see where this goes. 
Finley, come on. Yeah. Get the hell out of here. Go. Go. Oh, you're the best. Thank you. This is so gay. But also, like, this is bananas. And also, at a bar, you can't just no. go home. You need somebody there. And yeah. there's only three people who work at this bar, famously. Right. Yeah. And two of them have potential to hook up with Sherry Jaffe tonight. So, yeah. The numbers are low. They spend half their shift in the back room talking to themselves. It's a wonder that anything happens here. Dana's is like this Italian restaurant in like the Lower East Side that I used to go to called like Gaia, I think. That was like it was the, the best gay? paninis. Gaia. Oh. But I guess it was basically just gay. <laughs> and it had like the best paninis ever, but they they just opened it was just this old Italian woman who just opened when she wanted to be open. And so you would go there and usually they wouldn't be open. And that's how I feel like Dana's probably is. Like yeah. you just you never know when it's gonna be open. Right. But chances are good it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you might get turned away at the door for a private event. Never know. Right. <laughs> but Shane's basically like, did you give Finley advice? And then Tess is like, this is the advice I gave Finley. And so they're fighting about it, but they're actually fighting about their own relationship, I believe. Yeah, I think that might be. That's a pretty, I would agree. pretty intuitive theory. Yeah. And yeah. like, why not just, I don't know, Kiss. Ha- have a threesome? <laughs> that seems like the obvious, obvious choice. Right. Like, just do it, you know? Though... Mm, here's the thing. I don't think that Shane should have sex with Sherry Jaffe. I think that will bring up a lot of stuff. I don't think she should start off her relationship with Tess with threesome with this person who like traumatized her. That feels like I think it'd be better to be like, Tess, have your relationship with Sherry. Let that be. Let that happen. It won't last. I don't see it lasting. And then when you're done, we can be in love. And that seems like the long game move as opposed to the immediate satisfaction of the threesome. I'm just curious where this fits into your desire to have things be messy and exciting on the TV show. Oh, no. Obviously, I want them to have a threesome on the TV (laughs) show. I'm talking about like, I'm talking about the difference between like, no, no, no. When I'm talking about like what the characters should do, I hope they don't do what I'm giving them (laughs) advice to do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I want, no, obviously Tess, Shane and Sherry should have a threesome if I'm talking to the writers. If I'm talking to the real human being, Shane McCutcheon, I would say, friend, don't do this. You know? Yeah. Important distinction. (laughs) Um, Micah's tired. (laughs) Micah's very tired after that whirlwind of a therapy <laughs> session i mean did he have other clients today who can say i sure hope not um, I mean, that would i would have had to clear my schedule for just yeah i feel like you have to clear a couple days after you're yeah. just like you know what yeah. i'm just sitting in my office quietly thinking about that <laughs> yeah yeah so he texts maribel he mm-hmm. does say mild emergency which is insane <laughs> an insane thing to text terrible First of all, there's not really any such thing as a mild emergency. Like the <laughs> definition of emergent means right. it's an emergency or it's not. But fine, uh-huh. whatever. Um, it just reminds mm-hmm. me of my ex who would who would be like mild emergency, and I knew for sure it was like that. She like burned a loaf of bread or something, you know. I had to have a very yeah. serious conversation with my mother, who would text call me ASAP, all caps, let all caps ASAP. My mom does that too, and I would call her, and she'd be like, "Hi, I haven't talked to you in a while," and I'd be like, "Exactly, yeah." That's literally not what ASAP means. Like, she was like, I, yeah. I just mean when you can next. Right. I, She'd be like, please give me a call when you have a chance, period. <laughs> and I like, was like, okay, who's Okay, sick? someone is ill. Yeah, like, yeah. I need to start thinking about flying home every time I get right. one of those texts. And then it's my mom being like, what'd you eat for lunch today? 
<laughs> what? Just text me. Anyway. Speaking of people who are in rooms that have tables and chairs in them, Alice wow. is at home. <laughs> and I guess she was going to have Nat over for dinner. And then Nat calls and cancels the dinner. Yeah. And then Alice breaks the vase. And then she uh-huh. starts crying. Yeah. And asks Tom to come over. Yeah, because Tom sends a nice little text. And yeah. so she cries. That is what happens in that scene. I don't feel there's that much to discuss. Except that it's um, proof of what I said, which is that Alice watched those two lesbians talk about their life story and was like, uh-huh, I must yeah. hang out with my ex, Nat. Yeah, and make yeah. it work. And then she couldn't. I also, I thought the colors of Alice's outfit with the colors in her apartment, like um, it was exciting visually. It was a lot of yeah. color, which I enjoy. Speaking of people who cancel plans, um, we go back to Micah's and discover that Maribel canceled a date to be there. And she's looking very hot. And that is because she was date ready. And maybe this could turn into a date. Yeah. And he starts maybe. talking. He feels really bad that um, that she skipped a date to be with him right now. Because it wasn't, as aforementioned, there's no such thing as a mild emergency. What he meant to say is I spent the day with Bette Porter. And then <laughs> yeah. and he just keeps talking, keeps talking. And then Maribel just comes right up to him. And they kiss. And they smooch. Yeah. They did and it. like, Woo! And then uh, he picks her up and takes her upstairs. Yeah. I mean, like, it's a cute. He's like giving this little like very like rom-com little <laughs> speech of like, yeah. I just needed, I just needed you here to like talk to you about nothing and eat spicy food <laughs> and then kiss. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good little moment. Yeah. So again, you're welcome world. Yeah. Next season on The L Word, the giraffes and whatever that Reese suggested <laughs> this, this very episode. <laughs> Speaking of people coming over under certain situa- guises of and people who are upset and other people coming over to the home of the upset person, Tom comes over to clean up her little mess and says that she should make a mosaic out of the glass. Uh-huh. With the and and she is upset and then he sees the lobsters and he screams. <laughs> They're lobsters. Yeah, I know what they are, but what are they doing in your sink? Because I was going to surprise Nat with a fancy dinner. Oh. She called and canceled on me. She was leaving Brenda's house. Who's Brenda, by the way? Oh, my God, it really is over. (sighs) Anyway, I called you because I thought maybe you and I could eat them. (laughs) Alice, I'm deathly allergic to shellfish. There's no way I'm going to eat these. Come on. There's no way. I'm sorry, especially after... All they've been through today with you, I feel like they're emotional support animals. I feel weird eating them. Well, if we're not going to eat them, what are we going to do with them? I wanted him to be like, you know what I learned about lobsters? That when male <laughs> lobsters are in a styrofoam bucket in Alice's <laughs> sink, you know, but no, that they didn't go there. I could go for a lobster roll right now. I feel like I have a lobster roll like once every two years because they're just a little too expensive, but they're very delicious, but they're very small. I was at a wedding in Maine two weekends ago and ate so much lobster. It was amazing. Oh, wow. I was going to say I had a lobster roll in Maine in 2008, but I think that was the most recent. I don't have enough lobster. Lobster is delicious. Maybe I will. You know, I wish I was like, maybe I should move to Portland, Maine so I can just eat seafood all day. There's also a lot of lesbians in Portland, Maine. I have heard that. I don't know why, but it's like a, it's like a spot for, for us as lesbians. For us as lesbians? Portland, Maine. Oh, Yeah. Okay, this is my least favorite scene in this episode. I knew um, last week when we recorded the other one, Reese and I knew that you were not going to yeah. like this scene because of what you said in the 204 episode, but we had already seen 205. 
Yeah. Did I give you a, did uh. I give you a look when she was talking about it? Yeah, we both were like, I remember well. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then when there was that really cute scene on FaceTime earlier, I was like, oh, maybe they were giving each other a look because they were like, Drew's going to be so happy next episode because they make up for it. But nope. It's just inconsistent. Basically, Jordy's talking about like prom being like nominated for prom queen and like Angie. I just ugh. like <laughs> it doesn't check out with their relationship. And what I mean, I know Jordy's like a teenage girl and all that but like even earlier in this episode she's like being supportive and nice and i just like don't get her being this selfish and like this like fixated on her phone the mm. only justification is that like she gets really excited because her english teacher likes her post and if any of my english teachers ever liked my post i would also have that reaction so it's the only justification i can think of but I still just, it just doesn't, it just feels out of character and feels like unnecessary because so easily, I said this last episode, like Jordy could just like not get it because these are like very adult, very serious things that Angie's going through. So mm -hmm. it, could, it could easily just be a thing where like Jordy just like doesn't quite get it. Or know what to say. And maybe Angie also given like Angie's character, it would make sense to like be sort of like, let's not talk like to push Jordy to talk about prom when obviously there's stuff going on for Angie, but Angie like doesn't want to talk about it. Like there, there's all these other ways that this could have gone that would have just like made more sense with Jordy's character, but oh, well, <laughs> I did have one read on it, which I guess maybe is a little bit too charitable. That's always my mantle, my cross to bear. Oh, please um, give it to me, which is like, again, they're teenagers, but I still do this as an adult sometimes where like a friend is going through something and Angie has gone to therapy and is like clearly feeling about it. And Jordy is like, okay, but like, let's talk about fun stuff, which like does sound mm -hmm. kind of callous when you watch it, but I can see a version where you are the fun friend. And I know that mm -hmm. Drew, you're right that like they have a lot built up where it's like, Angie's not going to Jordy just to like for fun, but I can see no, this yeah. as like attack of like, Totally. What if we just talked about something silly and goofy and like got your mind off of it? Was she that yeah, explicit yeah. about it? No, but there yeah. is a world where that is kind of the thing. But yeah, in combo with last episode, Angie being like, Jordy can't understand because she's running for prom court. Right. <laughs> right. It's not ideal. Um, no. I have a read on the episode, which is that Jordy wants Aunt, both of Angie's kidneys for herself. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. For a spell. To win prom court, do you think? Exactly. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. It sounds like a Buffy plot. Teenagers. Line. You know that would I mean? be an exciting plot line for Jordy. I would love for that to happen, actually. <laughs> you imagine if all of a sudden there just was like, <laughs> like Jordy's a witch and <laughs> black market organs. She started trying to like take some of my organs. We're kind of on the outs. We'll get yeah. back to it. Um, sort of like the vampire episode. Oh, what a great episode. Yeah. Um, okay. So Tom and Alice are on the beach at the lobster release party, LA's hottest <laughs> event. Um, I don't know why I, what he says exactly, but basically Tom is just like, I wish that I could help you with this, but unfortunately I'm a monogamous man. <laughs> you know, yeah. He's like, I'm not a lesbian and I've never been in a poly relationship. So I wish that I could give you better advice. 
than I have been or whatever. And the whole time I was thinking, this is so funny because like Tina and Henry's, one of their first dates that we saw was like, they were both sitting on the beach and it was like the ocean waves were lapping and they were talking about their feelings, you know? And I was like, are they like trying to like soft launch men into, <laughs> into the L word, like a man having a relationship with a bisexual character by like doing it on the beach. So we're all like soothed by the ocean waves or whatever. Yeah, it is like soft lighting. <laughs> Everything is very gentle. There's like yeah. some ASMR in the background. Like... This is going to be fine, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like Tom and this is like really cute and I'm like all for it. I will say that I think like I've obviously plenty of bisexual women who are like very involved in lesbian community um, date all sorts of cis men. But I do think that like something that is pretty common is like, dating bisexual men dating like dating men who have like queerness in their life who are surrounded by other queer people and i think the elward likes to find this tension of like the straightest guy in town and our queer woman and it's like yeah okay that happens and that's fine but it would be nice to like i mean look it's it creates conflict because there's contrast and i get that but I also would love to see some more examples of like bisexual male representation other than Angus maybe being bi. I mean, I've decided that's canon, but I don't know if it really is. Angus is bi. It's sort of played as a joke in the original, but I, I decided he, like I take it as canon, but I don't know. You know what I'm saying though? That just like, again, like I don't have any issue with this storyline specifically. Yeah. I just, I think it's interesting that the instinct is always to be like, ah, cis men are so different. And it's like, yeah. sort of sometimes, sometimes they're also like, oh, not that different. The why, <laughs> yeah. The reason why this cis man is drawn to this like very famous queer woman is because like a bunch of his friends are lesbians or like, mm-hmm. because like, his sister's trans like I don't know like you know what I mean like I yeah. just find that when cis men are around the community I don't think it's as often where it's like and they and wow queerness is this whole brand new thing to them because yeah I don't know it just I that hasn't been my personal experience of like my friends and stuff but yeah the L word posits that you if you are a woman in a mostly lesbian and queer community who wants to date a cis man, you will only meet him at work. So <laughs> that is part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Or wait, or through your kids. Oh, I guess it was yeah. through your kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of, um, who's that movie producer that she, Oh yeah. Josh. J- yeah. Josh, Josh, Josh Becker, Josh right? Becker. Who gets her the movie poster for catch 22. <laughs> Yeah, their favorite Which movie. I'm still Tina's so favorite. hung up on that Tina Kennard's favorite movie is the Mike Nichols adaptation of Catch Twenty Two. I think about it sometimes. I just wake up in the middle of the night and I think Tina Kennard's favorite movie of all time is Catch Twenty Two, the 1970 film adaptation. Yeah, I do like though that he is like a softy. You know, he's not like a Tim. You know what I mean? He's like yeah, he's no, like a book like guy. He's like a book guy. You know? Yeah, I love a book. And he's guy. goofy. Yeah, he's goofy. I wish I remember they had him and Finley like just get along immediately. And I think having more of mm-hmm. that would be cute because I think it would be yeah. cool if he turned at least if he fit into the group in a way that it was yes. like, yeah. you know, those yes. guys that have the lesbian friends, you know? Yeah. And that could still happen. I mean, this could mm-hmm. be this could be Tom's entry point And then he ever can be like, you're nice. You're cool. Hang out. Yeah. with us. I'd love that. Yeah. The one other thing is that 
in this scene is that Alice is like, I don't know where where it all went wrong. And Tom says the nice like sort of friend, but sort of flirty thing of like, Nat's crazy for not trying to work it out. And like, not to be the one Nat defender of the L word Jenny, but like <laughs> Nat did try to work it out a little bit yeah. in Nat's yeah. defense. Anyway, these two dodos put the lobsters in the ocean, but they didn't clip <laughs> the little rubber bands on their claws. Did you take the rubber band thingies off their... Um... No, did you? They're gonna die. They're gonna die. Oh my God, we have to find them. Okay, are they gonna be like in this area? Oh, it's too cold. Can you imagine having your life dependent on the strength of some piece of rubber? Isn't that like the whole idea with condoms? Oh yeah, I I, I guess so. (gasps) Already these lobsters were doomed because they were not like living in the, whatever. You can't release whatever yeah yeah <laughs> justice justice for lobsters <laughs> already they were doomed but now they have to now they're extra doomed yeah at this point in my notes uh i was like okay there's only 10 minutes left we better do a sex scene montage we better do a sex scene montage but and but we're not there yet um <laughs> but that was what i was thinking about yeah. in my notes but danny's apartment yeah we kind of get the yeah. precursor to a, a sex scene <laughs> montage with these yeah. two yeah. which is like they're still at Danny's apartment. They're still hitting it off. Danny's like, are you hitting on me? Uh, no. I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, but you're not sure. I like your energy. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Sure you do. It's what you're feeling right now. My notes say Gigi says not yet, baby. <laughs> right, which is kind I of the tone. Understand that because I was like, "You are, aren't you? Like, how are, are you? you not? Your body language is flirting." Gigi's a fucking nightmare, <laughs> and I love it. But this, the, the fact that Danny was like very direct and being like, "Are you hitting on me?" and she was like, "No, I don't think so." Her like, exact words were, "No, I don't think so," and it's like, um, okay, so what are we doing? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You are obviously hitting on her. Like you, you might not be hitting on her with intention, but like, come on, Gigi. Although um, to be fair, I remember when Gigi was first introduced, we were like, is she hitting on Alice? Like has Gigi talked to yeah, anyone where we didn't feel like she that's was That's a good point. Like, I think she might just be one of those people, but also this very specifically is right. She has that know? energy generally, but now they've gone on dinner dates. She's helped Danny unpack her apartment. She's sat on Danny's from jail picked her from jail. Thank you. Circled the parking lot for an hour to pick her up from jail. She sat on Danny's countertop in a way that I think of as very familiar, at least if not flirty. (laughs) Yes. Um, So like, what are we doing? If not, Okay, but what I did like is that. So Gigi says, I like your energy. And Danny says, I don't know what that means. So like Danny's really like doing a good job of being like, not just asking for clarification. Yeah. One time, but continuing to be like, no, I want to have an actual conversation about like what this dynamic is. And I'm yeah. just like, Danny, I see, I, you know, I predicted this at the start of the season, but Danny without the Sophie relationship, I like, I like mm. Danny. Like I did yeah. not like Danny all last season and I've liked Danny most of this season. It's really exciting stuff for me and Danny and our relationship. This is also a funny thing that I've experienced in real life too, where Gigi thinks of herself as like talking about feelings and knowing how to talk and like communicate and then as soon as someone else presses her to do it, she's sort yeah. of like, what do you mean? She's used to being in 
I guess Nat is maybe an exception to this, but it seems like she's used to being around people where she's like, bet where she's like, don't you have something you want to talk about? Maybe we should talk about it. And then as soon as someone yeah. else is like, hey, Gigi, that thing you said was kind of confusing. She's like, what do you mean? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, I wrote in my notes, obsessed with these queers pretending <laughs> to do direct communication. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, Gigi rejects bets, bet, bet, oh, like asked right. to hang and she re- she says no i can't which i would like to know that the only reason why bet texted Gigi is because bet because of the therapy session and bet wants like an emotional support fuck and yeah. good for g i mean Gigi doesn't know that specifically but like good for Gigi for not mm-hmm. seeing her because like that's so shitty god yeah. that's real a real mm-hmm. but yes um Speaking of May-December relationships, <laughs> we then transition back to Dana's Memorial Tavern where Sherry's like kind of hitting on Shane. Like they're being like, the, I think the thing is with Sherry and Shane is that Sherry was the first person to really break Shane's heart and to really like also get into her heart. So I don't think that Shane has, I think she would have more self-control around Carmen or Molly than she would around Sherry. Like I feel like they have this sort of weird power imbalance in their relationship and Shane is just not very good at resisting Mm-hmm. not falling into the same dynamic they've always had. Like it's very difficult for her to have a different dynamic with Sherry, even mm-hmm. though it seems like she was trying really hard earlier, it does, but it seems yeah. like she's trying a little bit less hard now. I can't tell. <laughs> it does seem like she's still trying to resist, but also it's very clear from the way Sherry talks to her and to Tess. I think that like the game is afoot. She's not yeah. like the way that it felt was even if I don't think this is true or whatever, Sherry and Tess both are like, well, they're going to bone. So yeah, it Tess gets kind of mad, tries to leave, like extract herself from the situation. And she goes back to the back yeah. room and Sherry follows her. Yeah. And then they have sex in the back room. Yeah. And then we cut to Micah and Maribel. And like, I really enjoy that. Like she's like sort of making fun of him <laughs> and it felt like their verbal dynamic like continued sexually. Yeah. Orally. Yes, exactly. Orally. I don't like that this was like tacked onto the Sherry. Ta- I, I think like it felt like a little bit like a weird, because it wasn't like a full sex scene montage. The only people having sex are these two couples. And so I sort of wish that it had just been two separate sex scenes and that the Micah and Maribel scene had happened earlier, like when we were there with them. I don't know if that hit anyone else weird. It just was like. Bikers can't be choosers. <laughs> no maybe wanted it to be longer yeah i thought tess should have stood her ground with sherry so i was a little bit thrown off by that although then i did mm-hmm. like because i i can't remember specifically i remember really liking tess's bra skirt situation like whatever it was mm-hmm. and we wouldn't have yeah. gotten to see that otherwise um and i was also like wow like sherry is the top now i guess and then um that's what and being then, aggressively yeah, the- and gloriously out will do for you yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly that's the spirit um, but yeah, no, I mean, I see what you mean, but I was just so, I was, I thought it was just so nice. No, it was really nice. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good to, you know, it's nice. It's nice for things to be nice. I just like the, the sex scenes are so intricate and well choreographed and I wanted just like a little bit more time with this one. Yeah. Um, I did like that. It wasn't like made into a whole thing, both from like transness or disability that it like wasn't made into like a whole like point of drama. It was just like cute and sweet. Yeah. But also like could have had a little bit, a little bit more length to it. You know, I mean like, look, some sexual experiences don't last as long as you want them to. And that's just how it is though. So 
maybe we'll get more sex scenes. Maybe these two are going to keep dating and then we'll get another sex scene. That's my hope. Maybe the next episode will just be them having sex. Bottle up. Love a high concept episode of television. So back at Bet's, Bet apologizes is what my notes say. Does she apologize to Angie or Tina? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Or both. Her and Tina are yeah, there Angie. together. Yeah. Her and Tina are there together. So I'm sure Bet is like dying of excitement that she's <laughs> with her little, she's with Tina, tiny Tina, her little love Tina. And then. Mm-hmm. And they've made the decision together that Angie can meet Marcus. Yeah. Which is not exactly what Angie asked for, but okay. Uh, baby steps. We're taking our wins as we can get them. Yeah. Meanwhile, Marcus mm-hmm. is like, I really kind of need the kidney, like pretty soon. Yeah, Marcus is like, it's really <laughs> nice to meet you, but what's the deal with the like blood situation? It's like a lot of tests that you have to go through. My mom gave her kidney to my ex-stepdad when I was in like the fifth grade. It's like a lot yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And again, crucially, they wouldn't do it to a 16-year-old, but that's okay. Um, Sophie returns home with sushi as like a peacemaking offer grand gesture somewhere on that spectrum and everyone in this house is fucking (laughs) (laughs) including finley's having sex in her room which is what sophie hears and sees Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. no good but also micah is having sex with sophie's sister in the same house like everyone is (laughs) boning next door to each other and it's and sophie's by herself like this is just yeah like i don't remember the scene very well but does she see that um, Mary Bell's chair in the living room. Oh, I don't think they make a thing of that. They don't. So she doesn't know that she's listening to her sister. I sex. do remember. No. Oh, she's yeah. going to know, like she's going to see like Mari's shoes or her chair or her bag. Like I thought that that yeah. was going to yeah. be like a point of drama and it's not yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but maybe the next episode will open with Sophie waking up the next day and everyone's just in the kitchen. <laughs> she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> And she's like, this is okay. So what, last night I was listening to my sister have sex and also my, the girl that I like have sex and uh-huh. all the sushi was just there. And she looks so excited that she brought home the sushi. But also I was expecting her to see the Finley thing and be like, and then like also lose it in the same way that Finley would lost mm. it thinking about her and Danny. But it seems like she's just sort of like, okay, right. Of course. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, uh, it's uh, Finley should really close her door, but also <laughs> Sophie should text ahead of time. Like I, I'd exactly, yeah. Sophie, should, Sophie should have been like, "Hey, are you going to be home tonight?" Yeah, um, especially if you're going to like buy sushi. But I guess worst case scenario, you just eat more sushi, and that's never a bad thing. Yeah. And so we end the episode with Sherry coming back to Dana's after dropping off Tess, and to see Shane. Messy, messy, messy person, Sherry Jaffe, now known as Sherry Peroni, I think. I can't remember exactly. Peroni. The heiress to the Peroni beer fortune? <laughs> wow. I can't remember what her, la- I just remember that it was different. Like when she signed up for her haircut at the, at wax, mm-hmm. you know? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, she's like, are you gonna let me in or whatever? And she- Shane's like, do you think that's a good idea? And she's like, don't make me beg. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Because if Shane has sex with Sherry, which is that what's going to happen? I guess Sherry is going to, she's going to have a big day. Then Shane and Tess are never going to have sex, right? Well, I don't... What's Sherry's game here? Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea, but it's chaotic and I love it. (laughs) I don't know what her game is. Tess gave her an out. Yeah, I don't know. If she really wanted Shane, she could have not gone down on Tess in the back office. Yeah. Well, Well, um... 
that's the episode. <laughs> that's the episode. How'd we feel? I actually, I know, I don't know if I sounded enthusiastic during this recap, but I thought when I was watching this episode, I was like, yeah, like they're like, they're playing with fire now. Like it's, it's yeah, like, I enjoyed this one a lot where I'm like, they're really getting a lot of things going. that are like a little bit chaotic and fun. And like this, I just really enjoy, I'm really enjoying this season. I think. Yeah. I, I, I liked this episode. Yeah. I felt like I don't remember if we talked about it last week. Cause Reese and I had seen 204 and 205 together and drew you hadn't, but they like went together in a cool way. And like, yeah, Reese, mm-hmm. like you said, like, I felt like it was like, okay, it's time to like do some stuff with the things we set up. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it feels like a lot of things are on the brink of happening or not. And I can't remember any point of last season where I felt that way. Yeah. You know, like everything is getting really messy and complicated and interesting. And I mean, bringing back Sherry is, is a move. <laughs> yeah. It's really fun. Yeah. But I liked it. And I also, I mean, I think that the stuff with Angie and her family was really interesting and good. Mm-hmm. It was good to see Micah like at work, like trying, you know. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously, as you know, I really wish Thinley was happening, but I'm waiting. All in good time. How many episodes is this season? 10. So we're halfway. Ten. This is halfway. We're halfway. Halfway. I think the season's going to end with Thinley. I think so too. Was it who said that their prediction was that the season's going to end with Bet Finleying Carrie and Tina's wedding? <laughs> oh, I don't. God. Was that either of us? I hope Maybe. Not. <laughs> that is oh, wild. Lord. I hope not. <laughs> and then Bet would still be I, like, "I've never done anything bad in my entire life. I've never done anything selfish ever." <laughs> I'm so sorry, Bettina shippers, but I want so badly for us to just move on. I, for one, am looking forward to 206 with not to move us, move us on so fast, but um, the karaoke stills are important to me. Oh, right. That's true. The karaoke stills. We see, Um, we see, I've seen a lot of the pictures and as we discussed in our little chat in our group text, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Gigi has made a fashion choice next week's episode that we I'm very curious to know more about I can't yeah. wait to discuss that fashion choice once I've seen it yeah. moving around <laughs> um, in okay. action well. All right, well another one in the books friends thank you so much for listening to this episode of to Ellen Beck Generation Q one of two podcasts brought to you by autostrada.com you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at to Ellen Back, and you can also email us at toellenbackcast at gmail.com. Don't forget, we also have a hotline. Yes, it still exists. Give us a call, leave us a message, or just give us a piece of your mind. You can reach us at 971-217-6130. We also have merch. Head over to store.autostraddle.com. There are Bet Porter for President t-shirts. There are two Ellen Beck stickers and lots of other simply iconic autostraddle merchandise. Our theme song is by the talented B. Sedwell. Our brand new to Ellen Beck Generation Q logo is by the incredible Jackie Co. Jackie is so, so talented and you should definitely go check out her work. I've linked her website and socials in the show notes. And definitely let us know if you want us to make stickers of the new logo because I think those would look pretty sick. This episode was produced, edited, and mixed by me, Lauren Klein. You can find me on Instagram at Lauren Taylor Klein and on Twitter at LT Klein. You can follow Drew everywhere at Draw Gregory. That's Drew in the present tense. 
You can follow Annalisa on Instagram at Analoka with two A's and on Twitter at Analoka with one A and an underscore. You can follow our in-house Elward Savant and living legend Reese Bernard everywhere at AutoWin. Autostraddle is at Autostraddle. And of course, the reason why we are all here, Autostraddle.com. Okay, so sticking with the trend of last week with our now full of intention L words, we are going to end this episode with an L word that describes what we thought of this episode. So Drew, Reese, and Elisa, what are your L words? Okay, I'll go first. My word is Lorna Dunes because they're a good cookie (laughs) that I think everybody could enjoy today if you wanted to. You could buy them at any gas station. How does that... How, are we not doing relevant L words anymore? Well, I think anyone in the show who wanted to have <laughs> oh, sure, sure. a Lorna Dune could do that as well. Yeah. So. Okay, I'll go. Mine is Looney Tunes, which I feel like should be self-explanatory for how it relates, self-explanatory. How yeah, it relates to this show. Yeah, that was a really good one. Wow, I can't think of anything. Oh, God, um, Drew, you might have to just take the free space and say lesbian. I'll take this My brain space has to broken. say that I have now watched Magic Mike and Magic Mike XXL and I left them both. This is oh. only going to distract Drew from coming up I with an that. L word. Just say love Magic Mike. <laughs> love, love, love Magic Mike. And I, I don't know why I, you know, I just think that like some Lobster days, roll. Oh yeah. Well, that, I can't, I, I no. see that's the thing is I kept thinking lobster roll and I, and I couldn't get that out of my brain, but I can't do that because it's part of the episode title. So, but I'm just going to go for it and maybe I should go have dinner and that'll, and that'll give me some brain food and then I'll be back. Yeah. Get Love some it. lentils. <laughs> lentils. Great. Eat some lettuce while you're at it. Yeah. Great, great, great. Yeah. You got a whole meal and then top it off with a Lorna Dune and that, my friends, <laughs> that is dinner. And we'll see you next week. That's beautiful. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you for your lens. Topping, laughing, moving, fisting, fighting, fucking, crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is...